Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Just got another testimony. Miss Joni came in this morning. She said, I could barely walk, but God moved on me. And she said, I'm just standing upright. I'm walking and I'm praising God. And she said, God's just... If you don't believe he's moving, he's moving. I don't know... God is just awesome. Me and Cassie, we were, uh, which Cassie's not here today. She, um, she wants to know that she misses everyone. She's up in, uh, with our family around the Birmingham area. I actually did her sister's wedding yesterday, and it was uh, so a great ceremony. Um, and then she stayed, uh, she stayed up there, and she's throwing her other sister a baby shower this, uh, this afternoon. So... She's being the good sister this weekend, amen? Every once in a while, you just got to set apart some time and be a good sibling. I don't have to because I'm an only child, amen? Praise God. So uh, some of y'all are testifying this morning to that. Uh, I'm going to one-up you on that. I'm not not just the only grandchild. I'm the only grandchild too, so I'm actually actually double-spoiled. My grandparents say I don't stink a bit, so... (laughs) To which I reply, yeah, right. They spoiled me rotten growing up. Um, I want to I continue part three of our series called Focus on the Family. Um, one of the things I did forget to do, and I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I had a late night last night traveling back from Birmingham, but I forgot to open up the, the questions for the QR code. So if you scan that and you say the and it says that the responses uh, are not allowed, I will open that up this afternoon and you can, you can send those responses in to that. I apologize for that this morning. Um, but let me, let me dive into this because I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. When you uh, follow God's prescription for family, it always works out better. And this has been the heart of this message series. Everybody who, um, that I come across that says, Pastor, I just need God to move in my, my family. I need God to move in my, in my marriage. I need God to move in my children. That's really the heart behind the series. I don't believe that God called our families to struggle just to barely get by and just, just, just you know, live in an atmosphere of depression or living in an atmosphere of, of, of bondage, but God created us to, 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 to have an atmosphere of love and peace and, and joy in our homes and in our marriage with husbands and wives. You know, that should be the, man, the, 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 the most blessed part of your entire life is that relationship you have with, with, your, with your family, with your husband, your wife, your, your spouse. And uh, I want to just further that, that message today. This is actually the series finale. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 18 through 33 today. This is a, a lengthier text than what I'm normally uh, reading. If you're new to Fuller Church, something that we do is we stand for the reading of God's Word. This is just a way to honor God's Word in His house. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 18. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's up on the screen and it says this, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dis, uh, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another. Somebody say submitting to one another. 
Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands. Don't get weird on me. Okay? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife also as Christ is head of the church, and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay, you ready, husbands? Here it is. Husbands, wife, nudge your, nudge your husband. Elbow him right now and say, this is for you. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself. Somebody say, gave himself. He gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. Somebody say, you got to break free. There's a message. I'm not even preaching on that today, but every once in a while, you just got to cut the cord. Come on, somebody. There it is. Drop, mic drop. Leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Man, I could preach right there. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That is, that is so powerful right there. Paul is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about wives and husbands, but I'm speaking really about Christ and the church. And it's a perfect picture. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's going to be important later. Today, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring you the series finale of Focus on the Family. Today, we're going to be dealing with, are y'all ready for it? Submission. Submission. Wives just got scared, but don't get scared. It's going to be for both people, okay? Are y'all ready for this? Let's pray. God, I love you, and I thank you, God, for this word that you've given me. Pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross. Let everything that I say, everything that I do, let it be ordained by you, nothing more, nothing less. God, let this word fall on fertile soil this morning. God, let it produce everlasting spiritual fruit in the lives and the hearts of the ones who hears it. And God, let none of us leave here the same way we walked in. And I'll be quick to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. High five two or three people and tell them you better get ready this morning. How many of y'all know the Christian knows a better way of living than by being filled with wine and, and alcohol and, and being intoxicated by, by wine and by strong drink? How many of y'all know what that better way of living is? Being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is better than anything that this world has to offer. You know, I don't need to know what name is on the road sign. I know what type of church it is by just saying a word or a phrase 
You come into a congregation and you say the word signs, wonders, and miracles. And you can know what type of church it is by the looks on the faces in the room. You say the phrase being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can almost know what name is on the road sign because of the, the looks on the faces and the response that you get in the room. I heard a pastor say this one time. This really separates the, she the sheep from the goats. Speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Then you really know what type of church you're in. Amen? But I think it's important in this scripture right here that we understand that the context of Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he's talking about submission right here, I think it's so important for us to note the text that precedes all of those submission commands. Because what he's talking about right here is if we want to live a spirit-filled life, it's going to take one thing. If we want to experience the fullness of God, it's going to take one thing. If we want to be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and have everything that follows, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, then it's going to take one thing. What's that one thing? Submission. It takes Submission. He knew from experience that the secret of maintaining joyful fellowship in the community was the order and discipline that came from the willing submission of one person to another. Pride of position and the authoritarian spirit are destructive of fellowship in any form, whether that be in the church or whether that be in marriage. Pride, puffed up. The authoritarian spirit, meaning I'm going to bring the hammer down. And there must be a willingness in the Christian fellowship to serve any. Somebody say serve. To serve any, to learn from any. Somebody say learn. And to be corrected by any. Somebody say corrected. There should be a willingness in the Christian fellowship. There should be a willingness in the Christian church to learn from any. Serve any. Submit to, the Bible says, one another. Regardless of age, sex, class, or any other division, it is significant that throughout this section, husbands and wives are reminded of their duties and not their rights. And while the world is fighting for rights, we're my, we're, we are reminded over and over and over again in Scripture that it's not about our rights, but it's about our duties and submitting to one another. It's important also to read that all that is said in this section, realizing both that it follows what has been said in verse 21 about mutual submission, because we always love, especially husbands, come on men, we always love to quote the scripture, everyone loves to quote Ephesians 5 and 22 when it comes to marriage. Wives, submit to your husbands, right? And wives, if, you, if your husband, and I, 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 I listened to a message on this a few weeks ago, and, and, and that might come out a little bit in me this morning. And if it does, just take it for what it's worth. Wives, if that's your husband's favorite scripture to quote to you in the Bible, you've got to understand why that is. You know why? Because it tastes good. It just tastes good. 
Wives, submit to your husbands. <sighs> but nobody wants to quote Ephesians 5 and 21. Submit yourselves one to another. Oh. And what a lot of times happens is we get a misconception about submission and we get this authoritarian spirit in us, come on somebody, that is totally destructive, not just to the church, but to the marriage. Now here's the problem with this whole picture. Not many people have an accurate picture of the word submission. I'm gonna give you an illustration here. Daddy's a hellion. Daddy's a no good, low down, lazy pig. He goes to a men's retreat. He has an encounter with God. Praise the Lord. Daddy gets saved. On the way home, one of the men, leaders, on the van ride back, quotes to daddy, Matthew, or Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. All of a sudden, daddy said, wow, if I would have known this scripture, I would have become a Christian a whole long time ago. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, daddy comes home. And he opens the book to Ephesians 5.22 and he shows it to his wife. I got saved at the men's retreat. We're going to start living by the Bible. Now the problem is this. Is daddy saved? Yeah, he's saved. The only difference and what we don't understand is, is he a fully mature, discipled, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-following believer? Yet, yeah, no. He's still the same lazy, sloppy pig. He's just a saved, lazy, <laughs> sloppy, filthy pig. And it's going to take some time. But what happens is, he begins to say, we're going to start living by the Bible. And he has a completely inaccurate view of what submission is. And then the wife gets an inaccurate view of what submission is. And then there's this authoritarian spirit that enters into the marriage. And it's completely destructive. So what does submission really mean? Well, we get really what submission means later in the scripture. Paul actually replaced the word submission with the word give. He said, submit yourselves one to another, but he also said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and he gave his life. Now, understand what the, the whole picture is talking about right there. The Jesus, I'm reminded, what I'm getting at this morning is I'm reminded of the, of the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Correct? Because really what Jesus is doing right there in the Garden of Gethsemane is he's submitting to the will of the Father. He's saying, Father, nevertheless, he, he began to pray. He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus submits to the will of the Father in that scripture 
in, in that context right there. And see, the secret of marriage is actually the secret of spirit-filled living, which is giving. You know, the secret of spirit-filled living is the same secret to have a spirit-filled marriage. Give yourself one to another. Is the husband the head of the household? Yes. Without a doubt. The Bible says it. But how does he become the head of the household? It says that he becomes the head of the household just as Jesus became the head of the church. Now, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus ascend to the pinnacle of the temple, look down at all the, the filthy people of the world and say, bow down and worship me or I'm going to be on with you filthy dogs? No. Did Jesus have that type of attitude about it? Then men, why do we feel like we need to have that same attitude? Because in order for you to be the spiritual leader of your household, you must become like Jesus. Who gave himself for the church. He did not ascend to the pinnacle of the temple and force people to bow down and worship him or say, on with you, you filthy dogs. No, he hung on the cross. He bled, he died, which means, and I've said this last Sunday because I had already studied for this Sunday, really, which means, husbands, that if you really want to be the leader of your household, you've got to be willing to be the most crucified person in your family. And a lot of times we want to be leader of our household and we want to, we want to have that position. But the position comes with submission. Because the only way that you are in the position that you are in is, is when you become submitted to Christ. Because he is over you. Christ gave himself on the cross for the church. Yes, husbands, we get to be the head of the households by being the one who is actually crucified for the rest of the family. And as long as marriage is based on the fundamental principle of getting my way, it becomes a competition to see who is in charge. And we have so many marriages today in competition to see who's in charge. A man, hear me roar. <laughs> or I'm woman, hear me roar. The, the whole feminism movement and then the whole, you know, and that's the divisiveness that we see in the world today is man against woman, black against white, rich against poor, young against old, and we see all this. And the Bible says in the kingdom of God, it's not like that. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Rich nor poor, male nor female, slave nor free. They're, they're meaning this. We're all equal in God's sight. Now let me dispel a lie this morning. Equal does not mean same. Despite what math teachers tell you. <laughs> equal does not mean same. Because even though you are equal in worth and value, you have completely different roles to play in the family. See, the mentality of getting my way needs to be crucified. 
Marriage becomes more like Christ and his church when we give up our rights for the sake of the one that we're in the relationship with. Some people want it to work by learning the rules. Pastor, if you'll just tell me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do today, then I'll follow the rules and everything will be fine. No, everything won't be fine. Because the essence, again, of spirit-filled living is not about following the rules. So the essence of a spirit-filled marriage cannot be about what? Rules. It's about a change in your heart. And so what we have to understand this morning is that you cannot master spirit-filled giving with rules. Giving is not about following the rules, neither is spirit-filled marriages. So how does this work? For the wife, let's look at verse, 40, at verse 33. It's actually the last scripture that we read. The wife is told to respect her husband. She's never specifically told to love, but to respect. And I think that's important there. Let me say that again, because some of y'all let that over here. The wife is never specifically told to love her husband, but she is told, she is commanded to respect her husband. You know why? Because if there's one of the greatest needs in a man's life is to be what? Respected. To be respected. But what does respect mean? Respect means to hold in a high privileged position. To esteem greatly. You see, a woman's need is in her heart, but a man's need is in his head. Can I just be honest with you? Every once in a while, it's just good for a man to think he's in control. <laughs> Wives, just throw your husband a bone every once in a while. You big, handsome joker, you... Just give him that little power trip every once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. A woman's need, though, is in her heart. See, respect is, respect, you, in, in, in the terms of respecting your husband, what you have to learn right here is what Paul is saying, respect his position even when you can't respect his person. There's times where well, let me use this analogy. I respect the position of the president even when I don't respect the person of the president. Because I understand that through biblical context that God places people in authority and that I have to res respect the position even when I can't respect the person. It's the same way in marriage. There's going to be times, wives, where you don't want to respect him as a person. But you understand that if you want a spirit-filled marriage, I respect the position. You respect him by submitting to his legitimate authority. Now for the husbands. The man does not have absolute authority over the woman. He has delegated authority from God. The husband may never overrule God in the wife or in the life of his wife. That rhymes. Praise God. 
Many women are afraid of submission because they are afraid of the misuse and the abuse of submission. Many women hate to hear. You want to know the, the tragic thing in this message today? Here's the tragic thing in this message today. There's going to be rebellious women who hear this message saying, how dare that man up there tell me how to live my life? But then the flip side of the coin is this. There's going to be great women of God that leave this church and go home and say, pastor, preach that. They fall under conviction, and they're going to be submitted to their husband, but their husband is going to be an authoritarian husband who abuses them, who neglects them, who runs over them. And that's probably one of the most tragic pieces to this whole sermon. So husbands, I'm preaching at you now. Me too, right? There should be no question about the privileged position of the man as the head of the household. However, it is as the man is in submission to God. Because a lot of times when we get in ourselves and in our prideful ways is when we fall out from under the submission to God. And that's when things begin to break apart and break down. It begins a lot of times in the husband. Husbands, have you ever been asked to do something with the, with the guys and your response was, let me talk to my wife first? How many of y'all have ever done that? I've been asked by guys to do something before and, and I'll say, let me talk to my wife first. How many of y'all, your, your, your guy friends made fun of you after you said that? But how many of y'all know it was that way with God the Father and God the Son? Jesus said, I've come to do the will of the Father. Jesus was showing difference or preference to the Father. Even though Jesus Christ is head of the church, he was giving reverence where reverence was due. And there was this willingness to collaborate with one another and give preference to one another. That type of relationship the father and the son had according to scripture, even though he is equal to the father, he gave difference to the father and submitted himself to the father. And that is how it works in marriage. Even though they are equal, even though husband and wife are equal in the sight of God, you respect the position and husbands, as you submit to God, the wife then can follow you in a way that is healthy, in the way that is biblical. I preached a message. Our first Sunday, mine and Cassie's first Sunday at this church was May the 14th, 2017. And we came in guns a-blazing. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean on the first Sunday, we tag team preached. How many of y'all remember that? I preached a message, me and Cassie preached a message called More Than a Woman. A little play on the BG song. Don't start singing it. But I preached on a term called Ezer Connecto. Where do you get that term, Pastor? I get it from the book of Genesis. God said that I'm going to make man a help, a helper. That word helper is 
The Hebrew word, ezer konegdo. The only other time in scripture where that word is used is when God is referring to himself when he comes to Israel's aid in war. You see, man, when you really realize, husbands, when we realize what God has gifted us with in our wives, we become truly grateful for the union of marriage because although equal in value, different in roles. Man gave up a rib, but in return, God gave man a whole person back. You know why? Because God always gives more back than you give up. God always gives more back to you than what you give up. You think, man, I gave up a rib, God. Well, here's a whole person. I could preach that on multiple different levels, but I'm gonna allow you to fill in the blanks. And here's the second reason God does that. It's because God wanted to instill something to man that he knew man did not have the capability to do on his own. Because the two joined together are better than the two separate. I preached a message called generational synergy. What is synergy? Synergy means that the total sum of the two separate entities that join together, meaning when they, when they work toward a, a, a goal, the goal that they can accomplish is greater together than the sum of the two goals separately. Meaning if you add up what this person can do and you add up what this person can do, you add it together, it's still gonna be less than what they can accomplish if they worked, what? Together. And that's how God designed marriage. But the problem today is that the enemy tries to pin you against your spouse and it becomes a competition to see who's in charge. And then it's like, well, who makes the most money? Or who has the better job? Or who's on a higher spiritual level? Stop the competing. Because what, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Everybody stand. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with a scripture out of 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. You see, because when you operate under the covenant roles that God has given you, you're operating in a position for God to cover you and where blessings can flow. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7 says this, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Wow. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arrange the hair wearing gold or putting final pair, rather let it be 
the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this matter, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. And here's where I want to focus right here. It says, as Sarah, how many of y'all remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Y'all want to practice that real quick? No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, I'm just going to talk about that, but also I want to read verse 7 to bring this full circle. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Be understanding of your wife, giving honor to the wife. So you're to honor your wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, let's deal with this real quick. The miracle of Isaac came because there was submission in a biblical way between Abraham and Sarah. The scripture that I just read in Peter said this, and you've really got to go back and read the Old Testament story to understand the context of the New Testament. If you really want greater context, that's just an overall arching theme. If if you ever want greater understanding of the New Testament, go back and read parallel scriptures in the the Old Testament concerning what the scripture in the New Testament is talking. Man, it just blows your mind. How many of y'all remember what happened with Abraham and Sarah? Sarah said, take my servant, what, Hagar, They tried to help God, right? Abraham essentially disobeyed God by doing so. And they got out of the word of God. What was the word of God? The word of God was your wife, Sarah, is going to bear a promised child. And when it didn't happen, when 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 the word was not fulfilled, what did they do? Abraham took it into his own hands. He slept with Sarah's servant, Hagar, and they bore the son of the flesh, Ishmael. And it's in those moments, listen to me, where it would be very easy to throw everything out the window. In those moments, I've got to hurry. In those moments where everyone's outside of the will of God, There's disobedience to the word of God. There's chaos, there's turmoil, there's there's cussing, there's anger, there's fighting, there's jealousy, there's rage. There's fill in the blanks. I don't know what's happening in your home. It would be easy in that moment to be puffed up and in pride, have an authoritarian spirit and say how they point fingers at each other and holler. And that's the whole time the enemy's just saying that. (laughs) but even when the husband did not have the word even when the word or the, the fulfillment of the word was absent Sarah still submitted calling Abraham Lord and because so Isaac came it says likewise husbands honor your wives 
Because if you don't, and I'm paraphrasing right here, he, the, the Bible says that what? Your prayers might be hindered. I'm here to submit to somebody today the reason why that your prayers may be being hindered and the reason why it doesn't seem like your home is full of the Spirit and the presence and the miracles of God is because maybe there's a sign that there is a lack of submission in the house, God's way. And I don't have time to, to really hit that hard and bring that home, but what I want to do right now is every head bowed, every eye closed, because we're so close to 11 o'clock. But I want to pray for you one more time, and this is just really quick. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, and I'm just going to have to, I'm, I'm just going to have to ask you to be real with me this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. As a matter of fact, we've already had a great altar call. I'm just going to pray for you right where you stand this morning. If you need prayer specifically, if you need an altar team to pray over you, a member to pray over you, then come and see them after we dismiss. They'll be present up here in the altar. So altar team, I need you to be present up here in the altar even after church, after we dismiss for a few minutes. But if, if, if you'll just allow me to pray over you right where you stand, if you can, if every head bowed, every eye closed, if you can say, Pastor, I, that's me. That's my marriage. That's me. And I, I want to be submissive and I want honor in my home. And I want a godly, spirit-filled marriage so that the miracles of God and the presence of God can flow freely and that my prayers will not be hindered. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. I see those hands. Wow, golly, everywhere. Too many to even count. I want to pray over you right now. If you need special prayer after church, then you can see one of the altar members and we'll pray over you. But let me pray over you right now. Church, will you help me pray? God, I love you. God, I thank you, Father, for every hand that was lifted. I pray, God, that you would move in their life. God, move in their heart. God, let something that was said, something that was done this morning, Father, let it produce change in their heart and in their spirit, Father. I pray, God, that you would just do a work, God, in the home, in the husband, and in the wife, God. Lord, that they would become, God, into alignment with the Father. And God, with I'm talking about the Heavenly Father. God, that then as they come into alignment with the word of God and with the heavenly father, they can actually become who you created them to be as husband and as wife. God, that the prayers may not be hindered, but the spirit of God and the miracles of God can flow freely in their marriage, in their home and in their children. And God will be quick to give you all the praise, all the glory and all the honor for everything that's accomplished in Jesus. Holy and precious name we pray. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.